0: Today's podcast is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. You're listening to The Ordinary Vegan Podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know about adopting a plant-based diet full or part-time. Our goal is to empower you to live a long and healthy life. You can find today's show at ordinaryvegan.net or on iTunes. If you have any questions, please send an email to questions at OrdinaryVegan.net. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ordinary Vegan podcast number 89. If we haven't met, my name is Nancy Montori, and I advocate a plant-based diet for health and wellness, for our beautiful planet, and for animal welfare. But let's talk about health and wellness because it is more important than ever, during this pandemic that you be in tip top shape. The most common underlying conditions among COVID-19 cases are hypertension and type two diabetes. And as we know, both of these conditions can be improved and even reversed with a whole foods plant-based diet. Many people believe hypertension and type two diabetes only impacts our aging population. But those diseases and other chronic conditions are now a risk to a much younger generation. In November 2019, Blue Cross Blue Shield issued a health report that painted a truly grim picture of millennials' wellness future. Data analysis revealed that older millennials have higher prevalence rates for nearly all of the top 10 chronic conditions. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but that report also implied that if there is no intervention, current trends could indicate more than 40% in death rates among millennials compared with Generation X who were born between 1965 and 1980. But no matter what age you are, adopting healthy habits now allows you to take charge of your body so you don't have to succumb to chronic illness or make yourself susceptible to COVID-19. So please, if this is your first podcast, please listen to podcast number one, how to get started on a plant-based diet. It has had thousands upon thousands of downloads and has helped so many people get focused and educated about how and why they should begin a plant-based diet. As a matter of fact, I received a message yesterday from a woman named Leticia, and she said, it has been two weeks since I started a vegan diet. In the past, I was vegetarian, but when I moved to France where I live now, it cost me a lot of work to continue with that regimen. Today, I have decided for health, the environment, and for animals to stop eating products of animal origin. Thanks to your podcast and your recipes, everything has been much easier. I thank you infinitely. P.S. My husband and I love this recipe. It's so tasty. By the way, she was talking about my vegan mac and cheese with cauliflower bechamel. And I will put a link in this week's show notes. At any rate, I love when you guys reach out to me, and I am always, always grateful for your feedback and kind words, which is why I am dedicating today's podcast to a QA questions and answers. I received so many messages and emails asking questions about a plant based diet, and many of them are the same. So I will address many of your questions. The first question comes from Matt from our Facebook group. If you would like to join our group, just go to facebook.com groups slash ordinary vegan. Here is Matt's question. I've been practicing vegan eating for about six weeks. I'm following the guidelines of Dr. McDougall, so no oil. I'm curious about your thoughts on the use of olive oil or other plant-based oils. Thank you. Matt, I agree with Dr. McDougall and all the plant-based doctors like Dr. T. Colin Campbell, Dr. Esselstyn, and Dr. Greger, who also say no to oil. And here's the reason why. Vegetable oils are highly processed and refined, which means they lack nutrients. They contain no fiber, no minerals, and are 100% fat calories. Oils have also been shown to decrease endothelial function. Endothelial dysfunction is the gateway to cardiovascular disease. So it doesn't matter whether it's olive oil, coconut oil, or canola oil. Try to avoid oil, especially if you have any heart conditions. If you need salad dressing recipes without oil, search for oil-free salad dressings in Google. In Ordinary Vegans, top five oil-free salad dressing recipes is at the top of the page in Google search. And I will also put a link in this week's show notes. The next question is from Liz. Here is what she is asking. I'm still working my way through the back catalog, so apologies if you've done this already. I love when you ask guests what a typical day of food looks like for them, and it would be great to hear that from you. I'm still learning and finding my new normal routine, so I think it would be really helpful to hear about a normal day of food. Thanks for the question, Liz, and you never have to apologize. I am so grateful for you and for everyone out there listening. I appreciate you all so much, and I know I give out a lot of information, which is why I often repeat important information, because it's a lot to digest. At any rate, here is a typical day of food for me. First off, I practice on a daily level a form of intermittent fasting. Basically, what it is, is that from after dinner to the next day, I always fast for 12 hours. For example, dinner is at 7 p.m. and I won't eat again until after 7 a.m. the next morning. So I always give my body 12 hours to detoxify itself. The body uses a great deal of energy to detoxify and it also uses a great deal of energy to digest food. When your body is not digesting food, it can focus its energy on eliminating toxins and healing your body. And it's so easy to do and now has become a habit for me. And if you have high blood pressure, one of the benefits from calorie restriction for 12 hours is blood pressure improvement. We talk about that in Time Restricted Eating, podcast number 67. So check that out. But when I am eating, here's what I ate this morning. I grated a purple sweet potato and made some quick hash browns to accompany my tofu and spinach scramble. I also chopped up a tomato, some jalapeno and red onion and squeezed some lime juice in and made a quick salsa for my tofu and spinach scramble. I like to eat a big, wholesome breakfast and I often get my leafy greens in the morning. Other mornings I may have avocado toast with some sliced radishes, hemp seeds and a side of fruit. I also love oatmeal with maple syrup, fruit, hemp seeds, and raisins, hearty and healthy. Today, I'm making a quick pumpkin rice pudding, and I'll eat that for breakfast this coming week. For lunch, I often have soup that I have batch cooked over the weekend. I liven it up with something crunchy like baked tortillas drips, or I'll make some crispy kale and crumble that on top. If you listened to last week's podcast, number 88, I love to liven my soups up with crunch to keep me satiated. If I haven't had my hemp seeds yet, I will add them to my soup. Once again, I always recommend two tablespoons of hemp seeds every day for the perfect amounts of omega-3, 6, and for a nice burst of protein. I love making salads for lunch and adding beans especially cannellini beans. I like to use lots of different greens and lots of crunch from celery or a scattering of nuts or seeds. Leftover rice and grains can be added to a salad to make it a hearty meal. I eat fruit all day. I love fruit so much. And if I need something sweet, I will have a chocolate almond milk pudding cup. Dinner last night was simple. I grilled a portobello mushroom. It was very juicy and tender, and I served it with some mashed potatoes and broccoli. I also love just making a vegan power plate for dinner, a vegetable, a grain, a legume, and some veggies. Then I just create some kind of sauce to put over it. Dinner is usually my lightest meal. Another dinner idea, I often roast some cherry tomatoes and put it over some whole wheat pasta with a Big handful of arugula and some basil. Simple and delicious. Thanks for the question, and I hope that information inspires you. The next question is from Tiffany. But before we talk about that, I would like to thank our friends at Osea Malibu for sponsoring this podcast. Osea Malibu is the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. Osea stands for Elements of Wellness, ocean, sun, earth, and atmosphere. Their entire line is built on those four pillars and pulls from botanical sources around the world to create products that are truly protective. Their skin-nourishing products are made entirely of plant-derived ingredients. They are non-toxic and a good choice for moms to be. So take it from me, I love their products, Go to OseaMalibu.com slash Ordinary Vegan 10 for $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more. That offer expires December 21st, 2020. They also offer free shipping for U.S. orders of $75 or more and free samples with every order. So go to Osea, O S E A Malibu.com slash Ordinary Vegan 10 before December 21st, 2020 for $10 off your purchase of $50 or more. The next question is from Tiffany. I have been eating a plant-based diet for four months now. I find that my appetite is huge since going low fat and low protein. The only starch that fills me up is potatoes. I don't eat a lot of beans because of the bloating. Thanks for your question, Tiffany, and congratulations on four months. I think that you are feeling hungry because you are not getting enough nutrients, especially fiber and healthy fats. I highly recommend adding more high-fiber fruits and vegetables to your diet. Fiber is incredibly important to feel healthy Full and satiated. Fiber can slow your digestion in the stomach, which makes you feel fuller for longer. Also, high fiber fruits and vegetables are low in calories, so you can eat as much as you like pears, strawberries, beets, broccoli, artichokes, kale, spinach, tomatoes, and Brussels sprouts. I would make it a point to add more of these to your diet. Also, you mentioned low protein. You shouldn't be low protein. If your energy is low and you feel like you're not getting enough protein, I would immediately add more healthy fats to your diet, like avocado, which is also full of fiber. Nuts, a few nuts go a long way and can make you feel full. And I would also add, once again, two tablespoons of hemp seeds to your diet every day. And when you first begin a vegan diet, your body needs time to adjust. So I'm not surprised that beans cause you to bloat. We had a great guest on podcast number 77, How to Improve Gut Health. His name is Dr. Will Bulsiewicz, the Gut Health MD. And he talks about how your body just needs to get used to beans. And before you know it, They won't make you bloat anymore. So please listen to podcast 77. I think you can learn so much from it. And I hope all this information helps Tiffany. The next question is from Kathy. We've been plant-based for two months now, and I am listening and re-listening to your podcast. I am learning so much and I'm grateful that I stumbled upon you early. Serendipitous. I have been trying to cook as oil-free as possible and wondered what your thoughts are on cooking sprays. According to the labels, they contain no calories and no fat. First off, congratulations on two months, Kathy. Ugh, cooking sprays. They are a great way to add convenience to the kitchen. But unfortunately, Many ingredients listed in cooking sprays are unhealthy. They are unneeded chemicals that you should avoid using. Not only that, many cooking sprays also use an anti foaming agent, usually called dimethyl silicone, which is found in paint. Another problem with cooking sprays is the isobutane, which is a gas propellant. They contain an ingredient that can cause cancer in humans. So I would avoid cooking sprays at all costs, no matter what it says on the label, like natural or no fat, no calories, no nothing, because there has to be something in there. And odds are it is not a healthy whole food. So, hope that helps. Our next question comes from Michelle. I'd love to know the best alternative protein options soy, tempeh, tofu, etc. The easy answer to that question, Michelle, is just eat a healthy, whole foods, plant based diet that includes grains, legumes, vegetables, fruits, greens, and healthy fats like nuts and seeds, and you never have to worry about getting enough protein. But if you're looking for main proteins to replace animal protein, I personally love tofu and seitan. Seitan is probably my favorite because it is hearty and has a chewy quality. Seitan is made from wheat gluten, which is the main ingredient of wheat, Seitan, like tofu, can mimic the taste of anything depending on how you use it in a recipe. Seitan is high in protein and low in calories. If you have a gluten sensitivity, then this wouldn't work. But if you don't, I highly recommend seitan as an animal protein replacer. I make a no beef, beef stew recipe with Satan, and it is one of my favorite recipes, and I will put a link in this week's show notes. Personally, I don't like tempeh, which is made from fermented soybeans, but people love it, and it is not about the taste for me. I don't like the texture, but tempeh is also high in protein. Hope that helps, Michelle, and if you get a chance, listen to podcast number two, which is devoted to protein. The next question is from Judy. What is the best cookware to use and appliances slash gadgets that speed up meal prep? It takes me a long time to cut up veggies. Judy, we know that what we eat impacts our health, but how we prepare our food also impacts our health. Although nonstick pans are convenient, Teflon-coated cookware releases gases and chemicals that can present mild to severe toxicity. And over time, the Teflon can chip off and go into our food. They even made a movie about Teflon's dark history called Dark Waters, starring Mark Ruffalo. And it's all about how toxic some of the chemicals are in Teflon. So please, avoid it at all costs. I know many of you like cast iron pans, but cast iron pans can leach iron, and too much iron can be harmful to the heart and your brain. It's okay to use maybe once or twice a month, but I wouldn't use cast iron on a consistent level. If you have copper cookware, you want to make sure the copper is not touching the food. It should be coated with stainless steel or a ceramic surface. Also, aluminum cookware should also not be touching the food. So this brings me to stainless steel cookware. In my opinion, stainless steel cookware is the best and safest option. As far as kitchen gadgets go to speed up chopping, I don't know of any. But I do recommend prepping, cleaning your vegetables as soon as you bring them home. And you can chop some of your vegetables beforehand to speed up things when you are getting ready to cook. When I bring home my groceries, I wash and spin my greens and place them in a covered bowl with a paper towel to absorb any moisture. Then when I want a salad, I don't have to do too much prep. Same goes for chopping carrots and celery. I don't prep onions because when onions are refrigerated, the starches can be converted to sugars more quickly and they can become soft and soggy. Hope that helps, Judy. The next question is from Patrice. So my mother became vegan a few months ago. All she eats is processed vegan food, despite my warning of it being unhealthy. She is now in the hospital with high blood pressure. How would you explain to someone why processed vegan food is unhealthy? Well, Patrice, people assume vegan meals are automatically healthier than meat and dairy-based options. However, That's not always the case if you are eating plant-based snacks and foods that are highly processed. Those foods can be full of calories or have vast quantities of sugar, uh, preservatives, and sodium. Most of these processed vegan foods also have been stripped of their nutrients. It also lowers your protection against chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes and heart disease it kind of defeats the purpose of being plant-based. I know many people are vegan to protect animals and don't focus on the health and wellness aspect. But if you aren't going to eat animals, why not reap all the benefits? And that is what I would tell your mom, Patrice. It is more important than ever to have a strong immune system. And the way to do that is to eat a healthy whole foods plant-based diet that has been minimally processed. Processed foods, even vegan processed food, compromises our immune function because it causes the wrong bacteria and yeast to grow in the gut. Hope that helps. Sending you and your mom lots of compassion, Patrice, and I hope your mom recovers soon. The last question today comes from my friend and fellow podcaster, Rachel. She has a wonderful podcast called Dear Family that focuses on mental health. Rachel wants to know what plant-based coffee creamer is better for you and not as hard on the environment, almond, oat, cashew, or coconut? I don't like soy creamer, she says. Well, Rachel, it all depends on the ingredients. You don't want a plant-based creamer that is overly processed or that contains large amounts of sodium or sugar. You have to read the labels carefully. As far as the environment goes, any non-dairy creamer is good for the environment. Because dairy production has a considerable effect on climate change due to the emissions of greenhouse gases such as methane, nitrous oxide, and carbon dioxide. Dairy also uses billions of gallons of water because water is required to hydrate the cows, clean the floors, the walls, the milking equipment, and for flushing purposes. Also, a cow can drink up to 25 gallons of water a day. So any non-dairy coffee creamer is great for the environment. And a vegan diet is probably the single biggest way to reduce your impact on planet Earth. And that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to everyone for their questions. I also want to thank all of you for your kind messages and emails. They mean so much to me and make me want to work harder so I can keep all of you as healthy as possible. Thanks to Osea Malibu for being today's sponsor. It's not easy to find sponsors who share the same values as us. So I really appreciate their support. You can find me at ordinaryvegan.net. And if you have any questions or comments, email me at questions at ordinaryvegan.net. You can find my book, the easy five ingredient vegan cookbook and all my CBD products made from hemp on my website at ordinaryvegan.net. Join our Facebook community, over 300,000 strong at facebook.com slash ordinaryvegan. And last but not least please follow me on Instagram at Ordinary vegan. Till next time. Thanks for joining our plant-based community today. Together, we can accomplish great things. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of Ordinary Vegan's recipes and plant-based tips. If you have any questions or feedback, email us at questions at ordinaryvegan.net. Until next time.